0: Most of my books are now available as audiobooks. Go to ManiacontheLoose.com audiobooks. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. DEAD END
1: I'm a driver for a ride-sharing service called Curbside. You've probably heard of Uber and Lyft. It's like that, just not as well known. I make myself available for pickups on Friday and Saturday nights. Most of my calls are from drunkards who need a ride home from a bar. They aren't the most pleasant of passengers, but their money is as good as anyone else's. Most curbside drivers like to stick to their own neighborhoods, but I go wherever the calls take me. It was a Saturday night when I found myself in a moderate-sized town called Murray, which was popular for a strip of nightclubs in their downtown area. It was a busy night. Most women drivers prefer not to do the bar scene on weekends. Apparently, they get a lot of lewd, drunken men constantly trying to pick them up so they don't even bother. I don't have that problem. I'm a rather plump, extremely unattractive 40-something-year-old. Nobody is interested in me for those purposes. I had just dropped off my last customer and was on my way back to the downtown area for my next fare when I noticed the flashing red and blue lights behind me. I knew I wasn't speeding and hadn't run any stop signs, so I wasn't sure what the officer's beef was. I quickly pulled over and watched as a tall, husky silhouette approached my door. When the police officer stepped into my view, I nearly gasped. He had a long, slender, extremely pale face. The dark circles under his eyes were overshadowed by his black, bushy eyebrows. He reminded me of Lurch from the Adams Family.
2: Where are you headed tonight?
1: His voice was unusually deep and creepy. Uh, I'd drive for curbside ride-sharing. I was on my way downtown for my next fare. He stared at me for the longest time. His eyes were unfriendly and bloodshot.
2: I pulled you over to warn you. Warn me? There have been multiple murders in town tonight.
1: My eyes widened. What? The ghoulish police officer bent down, discreetly looked around, and then slowly inched his face closer to mine.
2: The bodies were drained of all their blood.
1: I sat there frozen, unsure of how to respond. He gave me a sly grin and a subtle wink as he tipped his trooper's hat at me.
2: Be careful out there tonight.
1: The officer stood up, I expected him to walk back to his vehicle, but he didn't. He just stood there, watching me as he held that sinister grin. I waited a moment for him to say something, but words never materialized. He just continued standing there, staring. Uh, am I free to go? The officer waited several seconds before giving me a slight nod. I gazed into my side-view mirror as I sped away. The officer remained there standing stoically, watching me. I quickly shuffled that entire odd encounter to the back of my mind and shifted my focus to my next fare. The caller had requested to be picked up a couple blocks from the heart of downtown in the Meat District. This was an unusual area to be getting a call at this time of the night as the Meat District became a virtual ghost town after 8 o'clock. But as I mentioned, I go where the calls take me. I pulled my car up to the intersection that I was supposed to pick up my fare at. There was nobody there, so I put the vehicle in park and waited. I'd give them five minutes and then drive away. This happens sometimes. They could have changed their minds, or... Maybe I arrived sooner than they expected and they weren't ready yet. This particular area of the meatpacking district was void of streetlights. It was equivalent to sitting in a darkened alley. Up ahead I could see the steam rising from manhole covers and dissolving against the lights in the distance. But where I was, it was pitch black. After five minutes... I put my car in drive and was about to press down on the accelerator when the back door to my car was yanked open and a dark figure slid into the back seat. I gazed into the rear view mirror. I couldn't see the person well. They were wearing a black hooded sweatshirt and the hood was pulled up over their head shadowing their face. I asked the person for the address of their destination so I could type it into my GPS. He replied with a masculine, hoarse, and scratchy voice, Just drive.
0: I'll tell you where to go.
1: I did as the passenger requested. I expected his directions to take me to a more civilized area, but it was quite the opposite. Every turn he demanded took us down a longer, gloomier road. We were snaking our way far from town, and deeper into the shadowy outskirts of Murray. Turn left. I did as instructed, but my GPS wasn't keen as to where we were headed and began throwing a fit. Dead end ahead. Dead end ahead. Turn around. Turn around. Uh, this road appears to be a dead end. I know. A few seconds later, I brought the car to a halt as the asphalt of the road transformed into a cold, dried-up field. I was suspicious, to say the least, but I remained calm and all business. "'That will be twelve
0: dollars, please.' This made my passenger chuckle. "'I don't think you understand. It is you who will be paying me tonight.' I heard the loud crack of a
1: pocket knife being snapped open.
0: How much money you got?
1: Before I could even respond the dark shadows within my vehicle erupted with dancing red and blue lights as a police car zoomed up behind us. I startled when I heard the deep booming voice erupt from the
2: exterior
1: speakers of the squad car.
2: Get out of the car slowly.
1: I did so. My passenger did the same, we both stood gazing out at the looming silhouette of the intimidating police officer as he stared at us for an unusually long amount of time. Finally the officer stepped forward into the light and as I suspected, it was the lurch-like officer I had encountered earlier. I believe he had grown even paler since I had last seen him, I was shocked at what I heard him say.
2: Go ahead. Do what you were going to do.
1: My would-be thief of a passenger lowered the hood of his sweatshirt. He had a bulky build, but was just a pup. He couldn't have been more than 19 years old. He was fair-skinned with reddish-blonde hair. The young man seemed frightened and extremely confused when he realized that the officer was directing his statement at me not him. He was even more baffled when he turned his gaze to me just in time to see me flash my razor-sharp fangs. I was a blur as I grabbed my unlucky passenger by the shoulders and shook him senseless before sinking my teeth into his corroded artery and slurping down that warm, fresh, young blood. I had half of the boy's body drained when the ghostly police officer appeared by my side. He grabbed the body from my clutches and produced fangs of his own. He sank his teeth deep into the dead boy's wrist and slurped up the rest of his luscious blood. As the officer dropped my pruned passenger to the ground, he wiped blood from his upper lip and turned his cold gaze to me.
2: This is my town. Don't ever come back.
1: I gave the chilling officer a sincere nod and was on my way.
0: The Pill
1: "'I'm a successful romance novelist. I'm not filthy rich, but I'm close enough. "'I've never been married, which makes me unique in my circle of writing friends. "'Most of them got married shortly after finishing college. "'Me, on the other hand, I've just never been able to find a man who can satisfy me. "'That's what I tell everyone, anyway.' Most of my friends think I'm picky because I've never had a boyfriend for more than six months, and I tend to go through a lot of them. They probably all think I'm a slut, although they would never admit that to my face, but I'm not. Not really. The men I date are nothing more than fodder for my books. That's how I write. I date a man, I get to know him, in every conceivable way. And I use all those traits for the hero of my next romance novel. And it has worked. I'm most popular for the extensive character development of my lead male characters. But the truth is, I'm just writing about whoever my last boyfriend was. Honestly, I wouldn't know how to write a male lead in my books without using this tactic and therein lies the problem I'm in my late 50s now my looks have gone downhill fast in my younger days getting a man to cling on to me long enough for me to thoroughly create my next leading man character was a breeze but nowadays not so much Being a woman, it's not difficult to get laid. There's always a man around to satisfy that need if necessary, but to find someone to stay with me long enough for character development has proved rather difficult the past few years, and because of this, I'm losing money fast. When I was in my prime, I released two or three books a year. Now, I'm lucky if I release one book every three years. My last book didn't even have a male character. It was called The Toucher. It revolved around a woman who was so self-absorbed that no man can gratify her more than she could gratify herself. It bombed. My readers don't want to read about a woman masturbating. They want to do the masturbating while they read about the exploits of my male character. I was desperate. My career was plummeting. If I didn't do something fast to change my luck, I was going to lose everything. I vented to my friend Abby, who also happens to be a romance novelist. I never disclosed my secret ingredient of writing my male characters to her. But I did confide in her that I was having a catastrophic case of writer's block. I remember the sly expression she held as she spoke. I know the cure. I was expecting her to suggest I get a good night's sleep, meditate, do yoga, and bullshit like that. But she didn't. Instead, she held up a small, crystal-blue pill I was slightly puzzled, and I spoke discreetly. Is that speed? She let out a hearty laugh. No, it's the cure for writer's block. I take one of these before I start a new book. It does the rest. What is it? She scribbled down a phone number on a napkin and handed it to me. If you're truly interested, call this number. I didn't hesitate. I called the number before I left her driveway. A man with an astonishingly deep voice answered. Yes. I'm calling for some pills? For writer's block?
2: 611 Chestnut Drive. 10 o'clock sharp.
1: With that he hung up. I anxiously arrived at the address at 10 o'clock that night per his instructions. To say I was shocked at the location was an understatement. I was expecting to meet the man in an abandoned factory with grime smeared on the walls and steam emanating from broken pipes. Instead, I stood at the entrance of a pizza place. And not just any pizza place, it was one of those pizza places that was tailored specifically for kids. The sign on the door said they were closed and all the lights inside were off. I knocked on the door. Within a few minutes, a man in a pinstripe suit and spiked bleach blonde hair opened the door. He held a friendly smile that didn't fit with his cavernous voice.
2: Rider's block.
1: I nodded and he ushered me into the pizza establishment. He flipped on a few lights, which revealed the bright, jolly-colored décor. Various animatronic animals were featured throughout the building, along with colorful indoor slides and a medley of video games. He directed me to a counter by the cash register and presented a small cellophane bag that housed the same kind of crystal blue pill Abby had shown me.
2: "'Take this before you start writing.'
1: He started to hand me the bag and then came to a halt.
2: Be forewarned, the pill has some temporary side effects.
1: Uh, Such as?
2: Shortly after taking the pill, you will black out. You should awaken within six hours, and when you do so, you'll find your work to be complete.
1: So far, this didn't sound so bad. Anything else? He nodded.
2: The pill will tap into your creative mind, but in doing so will also temporarily release a deep, dark side of you that you may not even know exists. I was curious. Like what? I'm afraid I can't help you there. Everyone has a different, dark side.
1: I contemplated his word of caution for approximately one full second before I exchanged a wad of cash for the magic pill. I went home, sat in front of my computer, and swallowed down the pill with a swig of red wine. The effect the man spoke of was almost instantaneous, but I didn't black out, not fully. I went into kind of a dream state. I felt as though I were floating. I could see flashes of letters appearing before my eyes. My mind was echoing with laughter and moans of pleasure. I could feel my fingers dancing across a keyboard at the speed of light. Occasionally, it felt like I was chopping meat and mopping. It was a swirl of oddities, but it all felt so right. When I woke up I peered over at the clock it was indeed six hours later and there before me was the outline to my next book I started reading it or should I say I tore through it oh my god yes 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 the outline was unbelievable It was the most gripping, intriguing, provocative, erotic, captivating thing I had ever written in my entire life. I started laughing. I stood up and began dancing around in a jubilant stupor. I froze when I saw the drops of blood on the floor. Next to the droplets of blood were large, black garbage bags "'filled with blood-stained rags. "'Alongside the bag was a blood-soaked mop "'and a metal bucket housing red water. "'What was all this?' "'The answer to my question was stacked up against the wall. two naked men, chopped up into small sections. "'Each section of their body was carefully wrapped in clear plastic.' Who these men were, I had no idea. But it was obvious that I killed them. And lucky for me, I did the after murder cleanup while I was still in my blackout as well. I wouldn't have known where to begin otherwise. I downed a glass of wine before carefully placing the chopped up body parts into a suitcase. I took the suitcase and the bag of bloody cleaning rags to my car, drove to the next town. "'and dumped them all in a quiet lake in the woods. "'The next morning I drove directly to Abby's house. "'She greeted me at the door with a smile. "'Did it work?' "'I nodded with a sly grin. "'You bet it did. "'She invited me in, and after a few drinks, "'I felt comfortable asking her a question about the pill. "'So, Abby... "'How long have you been taking these pills?' "'Since my first book, I've been taking them for a long time.' "'I was a little surprised.' "'And you have no trouble living with it?' "'She sat up and got a bit serious.' "'Oh, you mean the dark side?' "'She paused and closed her eyes while she pondered her thoughts before continuing.' Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'm physically ill afterward, but... I only do it every few months, so I manage. I was shocked. Abby was a good wife and had raised two wonderful kids. I wouldn't think she had this kind of a dark side in her. Then she went into the gory details. My dark side is strong. It has such a power over me after I take that pill. Sometimes... In the span of those six hours, I'm startled and disgusted at what I'm able to do. She took in a deep breath before she continued. I'll eat four, sometimes five, pies. I was silent for a moment. Pies? Yes, that's my dark side. I eat pie. I write great stories, and then I devour pies. I couldn't hold back my laughter, and eventually she joined in, and then spilled the beans on another writer's dark side. Do you know Katie Collie, The children's rider, Little Miss Goody Two-Shoes? Yes, that's her. After she takes the pill, she goes to a bar and sleeps with every guy she meets. That's her dark side. I howled with laughter. The small, deep-voiced man at the pizza parlor was correct. Everyone has a different dark side. After we calmed down, Abby turned the question around to me. What about you? What's your dark side? I grinned. Nothing I can't live with.
0: If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to support the show, buy some of my books. I have a bunch of them, and most of them are free with Kindle Unlimited. Don't have Kindle Unlimited? No problem. They're all priced pretty cheap. Go to maniacontheloose.com books.